You are Locked On Balls, your daily podcast on the Tennessee Volunteers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good Monday, everybody, and welcome to Locked On Balls. It's your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Bill Barr. Go to BillBar.com, use the promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. I'm your host, Eric Kane, radio in Knoxville, Tennessee, a writer for the rival site covering Tennessee volunteers, football and recruiting. That's VolQuest.com and your host of Locked on Vols. You can check out this podcast at Locked on Vols and at underscore Kaner on Twitter every weekday morning. Pretty much wherever you get your podcasts, you've got Google Play, you've got Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, the new Odyssey app. Uh, each weekday morning when you wake up. Today's going to be a fun show. Why? Because we are going to react. We're going to discuss and go over everything we saw in Saturday's orange and white football game that concluded the first spring practice under Josh Heupel. It was a 42-37 victory for the orange over the white. That means absolutely nothing because it was straight up offense versus defense. So, We'll talk about that. We'll talk about the offense and the tempo in segment one, the quarterbacks in segment two, and the defense in segment three. That is your layout here for a Locked on Vols Monday edition here again on Locked on Vols. All right, so if you guys were there, some of you guys were tweeting at me and uh, DMing me and stuff, and I appreciate that. If you were there at Neyland Stadium on Saturday or watching the broadcast on the SEC Network Plus or listening to the broadcast on the Vol Radio Network, you saw the offense at work um, right out of the gates, and I don't want to be a Debbie Downer, but I like to be real. I pride myself on being real. Um, it, it shouldn't be this explosive. Let me, let me rephrase that. It won't be to this magnitude in the fall, in my opinion, because um, Tennessee's defense is just simply bad right now, to be completely honest. But that doesn't take away from what we saw from the offense and what the offense has been able to accomplish in just 15 practices. Um a combined 79 points between the two squads, which again is the offense. Uh, a total of 573 yards through the air, 821 yards combined, 39 first downs, 99 total plays. That was all done with a running clock starting in the second quarter, a seven-minute third quarter. I mean, offense was moving quick, all right? There were games last year where Tennessee ran 50 offensive plays. I mean, goodness gracious, that is going to be the thing of the past for sure. Um, right out of the gate, a couple of my, my first observations, I said that, you know, I've said on radio, I've said on this podcast, I've said in my written work, that on Saturday, though it won't be a finished product, what you see is going to be completely different from what we've seen the past three years. I think it's fair to say that uh, prediction is was, was correct because we saw a lot of points, we saw a lot of plays, and we saw tempo. Josh Heupel, Alex Golish, they don't believe that the tempo is anywhere near where it's going to be. But my goodness, that tempo was incredible. Um, first out of the gate, I mean, the opening drive there. And, and again, it was Brian Mauer that came out with the presumed backups going up against the presumed first-team defense. And I say presumed because I don't want to just say ones, twos, threes. But you get an idea of whenever you look at the offensive line that's out there, whenever you look at the secondary that's out there, uh, which exactly unit it is, okay? So it was Brian Maurer and the presumed twos going up against, or the presumed backups going up against what uh, was a spring first-team defense. And I saw him run a play. I look down. I make some notes. I'm getting the starters down. I'm typing away on my keyboard. And I missed two plays 
right from the get-go because that offense is so fast-paced, it's tempo. So um, right out of the gate, I think that the tempo, if it's going to be any faster, goodness gracious, it was it was fast on Saturday. And so I think that's, that's going to be a, a welcoming uh, addition there. Um, I thought that uh, Jabari Small played a nice game. He had uh, two touchdowns. He had about 50 yards on 12 carries, you know, amongst the the white and the orange rushing in the uh, in the total stats column. I thought D. Beckwith, you know, did some things. Um, didn't, you know, in terms of stats, didn't really, uh, you know, ball out in terms of stats, but I thought he ran well. Tyon Evans, who has missed the majority of spring, he found the end zone um, later in that game. One carry, one yard, one touchdown. That's that's pretty efficient there. Um, and, you know, overall, I thought the offensive line blocked very, very well. Again, if you're going to run 99 plays, if you're going to have a combined 821 yards, you've got to be able to block some people. And I thought the offensive line did pretty well. We'll look at the other side of the coin in segment three when we talk about the defense. Um, the wide receivers, I thought, again, I think this unit is just continuing to surprise. Um, coming into spring practice... I didn't know what to expect from this unit. I don't think Tennessee's coaching staff knew what to expect from this unit. But this unit, and give Cody Burns credit, wide receivers coach, has stuck out so significantly this fall, or this spring. I mean, it really has. We know what we have in Valus Jones Jr. and Jalen Hyatt. Okay, Jalen Hyatt, who was running with the second group most of the day on offense, because, again, he missed a lot of time during spring, but he's going to be your number two receiver. He's going to be up there with, with Bayless Jones Jr. Those two guys are submitted. Concrete, put it on the board. Those are your two starting wide receivers, the, the first two at least. And they both impressed on Saturday. They each hauled in a pass for at least 45 and, and forty-five yards. I think Bayless hauled one in for 52 yards. Bayless found the end zone at one point. Um, we know what we have in those two guys. The Jimmies have impressed. Jimmy Holiday's been nicked up. He was held out a lot of spring, but he's still impressed from the coaches. But Jimmy Colloway, who played yesterday, have had uh, you know had a really really nice spring, and he um, you know had a decent day out there yesterday as well. Cedric Tillman, I've mentioned his name a couple of times. He's a guy that's been here, done that, but has never really done anything. To be completely honest, Cedric Tillman, a big body guy who they love to use in the red zone, finished off the scrimmage yesterday with a highlight real grab. Uh, newcomer Anderson Kobe, I think, is impressed. He averaged 10 yards per reception on Saturday. Romel Keaton, who opted out at the end of the last year, continues to remind me and everybody else that, hey, I'm still trying to fight for some reps there at receiver. He continues to impress as well. So you can go seven or eight deep in this wide receiver room. I, didn't, I haven't even mentioned Walker Morrell, who didn't play yesterday, who's a true freshman that's really impressed so far. So that wide receiver room looked good yesterday, and I think it's going to be very critical for Tennessee because you saw a lot of times Tennessee going four wide, Tennessee going five wide. And so you need depth of that position. And I think you found depth of that position this spring. And I thought you saw it on Saturday. Um, and, and so, you know, overall top to bottom, the offensive line, I think it's of note, the, I'm going to be honest with you. We had heard that Cade Mays was going to kind of be shut down for the last so week and a half of spring, nothing major. He's dealing with some ankle issues, but nothing major, but just to number one, you know, every precaution necessary, but number two, to really give a look at, at Dane Davis, Karon Calvert, Darnell Wright. Can one of those three guys, can two of those three guys solidify the tackle positions? Dane Davis is out there with the first group on offense on Saturday. He continues to, I mean, he's had that spot since day one that I've been out there at practice this spring, and he has not given it up. Darnell Wright started at right tackle yesterday. Cade Mays started at right guard. Cade Mays missed a couple of days of practice, but on Thursday 
when we were out there in attendance, he was out there doing individuals. So it looked like that he was feeling better and was going to, you know, maybe play in that spring game. But he did. He started. He played the first couple of series, played at right guard, and then he took the rest of the day off. But that's noteworthy because, again, I said if those, if two of those three or four guys can step up and say, hey, I'm going to play tackle, that moves Cade Mays back down to guard. And that's, that's where Cade Mays says he plays better. That's where I believe he plays better. And I think that's overall best option for Tennessee. And that's what we saw on Saturday. So anyway, you want to look at it, top to bottom offense, impressive day. Okay. I thought the offense was impressive. Notice I haven't talked about the quarterbacks. I'm going to devote an entire segment to that coming up in segment number two before we talk defense in segment number three. But what did you think about the offense? Regardless, it was something different that we haven't seen in quite some time. That's for sure. Still a lot of places to grow and get better. But check on the offense from Saturday. I think that was a a good, good showing. What do you think? You can get me a Twitter Tuesday coming up tomorrow. Uh, Any questions you want, Twitter Tuesday coming up tomorrow at underscore Kaner at Locked on Vols. So we'll talk quarterbacks coming up here in just a second. But bet online. Fastest, easiest way to bet on all your your sports action. There was a big-time match in MMA over the weekend. Bet online had it there. There was a ton of... Good baseball series going on. The Padres and the Dodgers just won. The Yankees and the Diamondbacks, or excuse me, the Braves and the Diamondbacks, another. Bet Online had that as well. There were some NBA highlight reel games over the weekend. Bet Online had it all, plus award shows, TV shows, and reality television. Regardless of what you're looking for, it gives you real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can possibly imagine. Hey, what's coming up later this week, this weekend? It is the NFL draft. Odds, props, all that, betonline.ag. BetOnline has all the all the news, the scores, and the odds. It's got you covered any way you want. It's the best way to place your bets. It's completely free to sign up. And if you sign up for the first time and on your first deposit, if you use the promo code locked on, you'll get a 50% welcome bonus on that first deposit. Again, first-time depositor, first-time user, use that promo code locked on. You'll get a 50% welcome bonus on that first deposit. All that and more in BetOnline. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Segment number two of a Monday Locked On Vols coming up right now. But first, guys, remember the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by... Logged on in the Odyssey. It's happening right now. Featuring the analysis from NFL experts Michael Irvin, Jason Lockenfora, and Brian Baldinger. Our local experts from every team are making trades and picking the next stars for their team. You can search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app wherever you get your new podcast. Odyssey is your home for all the sports, podcasts, music, and news that matter to you. That's Odyssey, A-U-D-A-C-Y. And we're recapping what we saw from the Orange and white spring football game on Saturday inside Neyland Stadium. And I wanted to devote an entire segment to the quarterbacks just for you guys. Because I know that's what anybody ever cares about. Um, Right out of the gate, guys. Harrison Bailey. He had a good day. I mean, there's no there's no denying it, man. Harrison Bailey had a, had a good day. 
combined 13 of 15, 260, and two touchdowns. Brian Maurer combined 9 for 15, 172 yards, and a touchdown. Hendon Hooker, a combined 10 of 14, 111 yards, and a touchdown. Also had a rushing touchdown. Uh, he was also uh, he also threw an interception. So um, you know that was that was the pick six to to Warren Burrell. But nonetheless, Hendon Hooker, 10 of 14, 111 yards, a touchdown, a rushing touchdown, and a pick six. So I was getting tweeted at throughout the game. Um, and I mean, that's fun. I, I, I want to engage in some, some, uh, some Twitter interaction throughout the week. Of course, we got Caleb Shadwick that t- chimed in during the orange and white game. Does Harrison Bailey 15 not look like our best quarterback during the spring game today? Maybe the kid doesn't practice well, but turns it up for games. Uh, he also mentioned, I'm definitely flipping Kaner's quarterback rankings after today's spring game. Bailey one, Mauer two, Harrison or Hooker at three. Hooker can run, but can't throw an accurate pass consistently. This is based purely off of the spring game as I'm deployed and didn't make it for the open practice. Caleb, first of all, thank you for your service, man, and appreciate you listening to Locked On Vols. Um, Yeah, Harrison Bailey looked good. I I thought that he connected on a couple of deep throws. I will say, to be fair, um, the touchdown pass he threw to Bayless Jones Jr. that he was wide open, the corner bit on the slant. Uh, the long pass completion to, I believe it was Jancic down the near sideline. That was a complete busted coverage. But still, Harrison Bailey stepped up, found the man, recognized it, and put the ball right on the money. And so that was um, that was important to see. So I thought Harrison Bailey played a good game. Um, there was no rush. There was no blitzing. There were blitzing in prior scrimmages that we weren't privy to, that we weren't allowed to be on there and watch from the inside. But there was some blitzing there, and from every from people I've talked to, Harrison Bailey struggled a little bit in that regard. But on Saturday, he did not. Um, when, when he when he didn't have a hand in his face, he looked looked really good. And I know it might kind of sound like I'm coming off like I, I have something against Harrison Bailey. I absolutely do not. I I want the best quarterback to win the job and to play football, and I don't have a dog in the race. I don't care. I just I just cover the team, and I want it to be successful for you guys. But uh, on Saturday, Harrison Bailey did did a good good job. Brian Maurer came out with, again, I said earlier, the presumed twos or the, the backups going up against what looked like the first-team defense. So a lot of people thought Brian Maurer got the start. Brian Maurer didn't get the start. It was Hendon Hooker that came out and played with the first-team offense. And I thought Brian Maurer flashed. Again, I read you off his stats. I thought he he made a couple of nice throws, a couple of long throws, 9 of 15, 172 yards, and a touchdown. But again, with Brian Maurer, it's the the highs and the lows. So that a couple of long completions, he had uh, one long pass of oh I don't have it here on the stat sheet. I apologize, but um, he had a long one right down the sideline earlier in the game as well. But he also had a, an intentional grounding that killed a drive. He also put the ball in harm's way a little bit. But overall, I thought Brian Maurer was solid. I thought he was all right, and I think he's a good fit in this offense. Hendon Hooker, who. By everybody I've talked to, said has had the most consistent spring out of any of the quarterbacks. Um, from everything I've seen so far in the open practice and from practices that I've been in attendance for for the little portion that media is allowed, Hendon Hooker's been solid. I mean, he's not been flashy, he's not been great, but he's not been bad. He's been solid. And sometimes solid is not sexy, but solid gets the job done. 
I don't think anybody who watched the game, I don't think anybody who is at Neyland Stadium walked away saying, oh man, I am blown away by Hendon Hooker. I could be wrong, and if I'm wrong, that's fine. I thought Hendon Hooker did a lot of nice things. He evaded pressure nicely. He he scampered in for a touchdown at one point. He's got the, the legs that can really help him out, and of course we saw that at Virginia Tech a little bit. But what I saw from Hendon Hooker as well is, and again, this is the most I've seen of Hendon Hooker play and really the most I've seen of any of these guys here in spring practice because, again, we saw the open practice two weeks ago, but when we get to go, when media gets to go and watch practice, it's for, you know, 17 minutes. And so, anyway, what I saw from Hendon Hooker was I saw a guy that hung on to the football a little bit too long. I saw a guy that was afraid to push it vertically down the field. I saw a guy that took his checkdowns a lot. Um, again, sometimes that's okay. It's not sexy, but he gets the job done. But let me ask you guys, and maybe this is unfair to say, but I host the podcast and, you know, I like content. I can do whatever I want. Um, <laughs> who does that remind us of, guys? And I'm not saying Hendon Hooker is Jerry Garantano 2.0. I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying, who does that remind us of? We've seen that before. Um, so it is what it is. Um, I thought I thought Harrison Bailey had the best day of any quarterback. I thought Brian Maurer saw it. I thought Hendon Hooker came in three. But I do like the intangible that Hendon Hooker brings with his legs. I think his escapability, his pocket awareness is on display on Saturday. I just think he needs to throw the football down the field. Um, he made one mistake, obviously. One mistake. It was a bad throw. And, and Warren Braille jumped in front of it and took it in for six. Um, but outside of that, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't a horrible day for Hendon Hooker. But it just wasn't an impressive day. So what did you guys think? You can hit me up on Twitter Tuesday for tomorrow. It's your platform. Tuesday's show is always, I mean, really any show is always your, your guys' show, but Twitter Tuesday is a great platform from you guys. You know I read off what you send me. You can you can add some analysis in there and then throw in a question. Twitter Tuesday, at underscore Kane or at Locked on Vaults. What did you think of the quarterback play on Saturday? Hendon Hooker, Brian Maurer, Harrison Bailey. What did you think? I do not think the quarterback competition was solved on Saturday. Uh, Josh Heupel does not believe so either. He was quoted in his post-game press conference saying, hey, I've been a, I've been involved in enough quarterback competitions both when I've been playing and while I've been coaching to know there's so many more practices ahead of you. You're going to get more than 15 practices in fall camp. You're going to get more opportunities to evaluate the personnel in your room. And again, like I said about the offense and what I've been writing this weekend on ballquest.com, the more this offense reps, the more it gets comfortable in this offense, the more confidence it gains, the easier it is to communicate and, and be coached by this coaching staff. I think what the offense has done overall has been impressive in 15 practices because, again, it is completely different from what we've been used to. Completely different. It's not going from one pro-style offense to another pro-style offense under a different coach. It's not going from a little bit of a spread to something else. It's going from a pro-style offense um, you know, out of a shotgun to uh, a hurry-up, fast-paced tempo, four-wide sometimes, you know, not a lot of time to think in between plays. You know, it's gone from one polar opposite to the next. So, and and again, credit to the quarterbacks for doing just that. But I thought Harrison Bailey looked the best. I'm not I'm not ready to spend all offseason anointing Harrison Bailey the second coming like we did last offseason. But I think he had a good showing in the spring game. But again, it was a vanilla defense. And we'll talk more defense here coming up in segment three. There was no blitzing, okay? They did not disguise coverages in the back end, all right? Um, they didn't have any linebackers playing. Um, they had a lot of guys out, but the play calling defensively was so vanilla that that's something you won't see in a ball game. It would be harder for a quarterback to to make throws like they did on Saturday with a guy with a hand in his face and being pressured. Credit the offensive line. The offensive line did a fine job, but um, 
What did you guys think about the quarterbacks you saw out there on Saturday? I just told you mine. So uh, we will continue breaking down this orange and white pregame, or excuse me, this orange and white uh, show. This Golly, sorry, I do radio. I spent six hours on the radio Saturday previewing the orange and white game. We will continue breaking down what we saw from the orange and white game on Saturday. Here on the other side, we'll talk some defense. And, oh, don't forget, guys, Joe Milton will have something to say about this quarterback competition um, as he, again, is still expected to join this quarterback room and uh, take part in classes this summer. So that'll be interesting down the stretch. So we'll talk defense coming up here on the other side. But first, guys, it is uh, Bill Barr. Time to talk Bill Barr. I told you about my friend Mark a couple times last week, talked about how he texted me and said, hey, do you really enjoy these Bill Bars? I'm going to order me a box, yada, yada. He ordered his box, mind you, last Wednesday. It came in. It was it was waiting for him when he got home today or yesterday on Sunday. So didn't take long at all to get to him. He opened it up. He texted me and said, dude, these Bilt Bars, exactly what you say. Protein bars, but they taste exactly like a candy bar. I'm not making this up, man. Uh, so why don't you do what Mark did and try it out for yourself as well. If you haven't jumped on board the Built Bar train, all right? And when you do, Lock15, put in that promo code, you'll get 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Lock15 for 15% off your order at BuiltBar.com. Go check out the 18-plus amazing flavors, the protein bars that look and taste like a candy bar. They're low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great for that keto diet, great for the health-conscious guy and gal, and it's uh, it's for trying to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. All that. Be like Mark and go check out BuiltBar.com. All right, guys, this year, the Locked On Podcast Network is partnering with the Draft Network to cover the NFL Draft live. Get inside and analysis from the Locked On local experts and the Draft Network's national experts. You can subscribe to the Locked On NFL YouTube page to watch the live three-day event. The coverage of the NFL Draft that begins April 29th and goes through May the 1st. We are going to be kind of breaking down the NFL draft, but obviously from a Tennessee volunteer perspective, Trey Smith, Josh Palmer, Bryce Thompson, and Brandon Kennedy, hoping to hear their names called. Where will Trey Smith be drafted? Where will Josh Palmer be drafted? And will the latter two guys be drafted at all? All that coming up here this week on Locked on Vols. So we've broken down the offense, the tempo, the pace, some of those offensive playmakers. We've talked a little offensive line. We devoted segment number two to the quarterbacks, and I'm hoping to hear a lot from you guys coming up on tomorrow's episode for Twitter Tuesday. Again, get those questions in. And right now, we're going to talk about the defense. So, the flip side of the coin, everybody. Flip side of the coin. 821 yards, 39 first downs on 99 plays. Okay? We had a total of, what, 573 yards through the air, 79 points scored, 99 plays. That's all very impressive from the offense, okay? Having said that, this is why it's it's really kind of funny when you talk about inter-squad scrimmages, spring games, stuff of that nature. You can leave really excited about the offense, but then you have to leave equally as disappointed about the defense, right? It's only fair, Okay. So, again, I'm just, I'm going to like I see it. The defense, which we know has been struggling this fall, this spring, we know of the players who are out right now, but let's go ahead and run down all these guys who were not available for Tennessee yesterday in the spring scrimmage defensively, okay? So, 
linebackers. Of course, Henry T. Quiveris Crouch through the transfer portal. There's injuries to Jeremy Banks and Roman Harrison. They were not available. Aaron Beasley, freshman Aaron Willis. They are suspended from the team right now. So your linebackers this spring have been Quasi Garland, Morvin Joseph, Solon Page. They've been kind of leading that group that those three linebackers have, you know, been alternating in there as the uh, the two inside linebackers in this defense. Okay, on the defensive line, players who were not available for Tennessee on Saturday. Byron Young, who has had an incredible spring. You haven't heard a bad word about him from coaches, from players. He was unavailable for the spring game on Saturday. And again, I mentioned the last two practices we were there. He was not taking part in individual. Thought that he was limited a little bit, so you thought his status might be questionable going into the spring game. And again, precautionary for mostly all these guys, because why risk anything in a spring game? Elijah Simmons, who has had a fantastic spring on the defensive line, he was not available for Saturday. Greg Emerson, Latrell Bumpus, they did not play in the spring game. Darrell Middleton did not play in the spring game. So, as I wrote on VolQuest.com, one of Tennessee's biggest position groups, both size and by numbers, very limited on Saturday. So, what can we take away from this? Well, at the end of the day, you got to go out there and play football, all right? You can't make excuses for who's there, who's not there. You got to go out there and play football. And for the most part, Tennessee did win out there, went out there and just quite frankly didn't play good football defensively on Saturday. Um, what I phrase this as is Tennessee defense was bad on Saturday, but it won't be that bad come fall. What I mean by that is it won't be as bad as what we saw on Saturday in the fall. Do I think this unit's going to be tops in the SEC, top half in the SEC. I do not. I don't anticipate Tennessee's defense being one of those units this year. I just don't. I don't think it's going to be. I think you're lacking in numbers. You're lacking in positions. You're missing a lot of star power. And we still haven't seen anybody get after the the quarterback. We didn't see it on Saturday. Again, I know there was no blitzes. I know there was no blitzes from the second level. I know they didn't play many games up front with the twists, the loops, the tosses, and the turns. We didn't see a whole lot of that on Saturday. So I get it. It was vanilla on defense. But still, Tennessee gave up a crap ton of yards and a whole lot of points and let some quarterbacks go out there, busted some coverages you saw on on a big pass play from Harrison Bailey. On Harrison Bailey's touchdown pass to, to Valus Jones Jr. was a busted coverage. You had the corner to, you know, bite hard on the slant when they ran that out of tandems. All right? You let Brian Maurer get out there and do some things against you. Struggled to contain the quarterback when Hendon Hooker um, escaped and, and scored on that touchdown. Um, so... It was bad on Saturday, but there were a lot of guys who will be contributing in the fall who were not there to help out, okay? So, I don't think Tennessee's defense will be as bad as what it was on Saturday in the fall. I still don't think it's going to be good. So, it's probably somewhere right there in the middle. Jimmy Himes and myself on the radio leading up to the uh, the preview, leading up to the Orange and White game on our preview show, we kind of gave out some... Some predictions a little bit on what we think might happen next year. I, I think Tennessee will be somewhere around 6-6, six and six, okay? And again, this is this is April. <laughs> we'll do this all offseason long. But I think Tennessee will be somewhere around 6-6, six and six, all right? And I think Tennessee will be giving up, you know, somewhere close to 30 points, which is not great. But everybody gives up at least 20 points nowadays, right? <laughs> so that's just, that's just football. It's about, I've said this tons of times, it's about creating that big turnover in a big spot. It's about... Uh, making a big third down stop somewhere. It's about um, changing the momentum for yourself and coming up when it's when it's big. And 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 um, you know you might you might allow 35 points in a game, but 
can you make that key third down stop in the fourth quarter? That that type of situation. I think that's all still in play for Tennessee. Um, and just like the offense, the more these players rep, rap, rap, and get coached by Tim Banks, I think the better it will be. Tennessee's also going to be looking to get help at linebacker in the transfer portal. Uh, that is, without a doubt, without a doubt, that it's going to be a, a thing this offseason. Um, there's some guys that are looking at the transfer portal right now. Of course, Juwan Mitchell from Texas. Um, you know That's kind of the hot commodity. We'll have to see exactly what happens, but no doubt about it, Tennessee's going to be looking to add to that unit. But um, my takeaway from Saturday, okay, offense, impress on what you've done so far. Defense, ugh. But I went into the day thinking defense was going to be ugh, so I wasn't surprised. Um, in my opinion, the defense can only go up from here. Again, it's a lot of it's to, to no one's fault, but you can't you can't help players leaving the transfer portal. You can't help the defensive line has now had its one, two, three, fourth defensive line coach in the span of 16 months. Can't help that. No, really, less than that. Probably probably 14 months. Can't help that. But you got to go out there. You got to buckle the chin strap and play football. And so I expect Tennessee's defense to, to do something like that. Credit Warren Burrell, jumping in front of that pass, picking it off, getting a pick six. I saw a couple of um, uh, pass deflections, some PBUs from the secondary. I thought Christian Charles did a nice job in certain spots. Um Alante Taylor blew a coverage at one point. Alante Taylor allowed that last touchdown to Cedric Tillman there at the end. So, you know, we'll have to see. A long way to go for Tennessee's defense. That was my takeaway. What say you? What did you think of the orange and white game on Saturday? Just spent 30 minutes breaking it down, what I saw, what I think. And we'll spend another four months doing it until kickoff in September. But what did you think? At Locked On Vols, at underscore Kaner. Hashtag Twitter Tuesday is coming up tomorrow. Get those questions in. Whatever you want to know, your observation, your questions, holler at me. Again, at underscore Kaner, at Locked On Vols. Guys, I want to thank you for a huge numbers week last week. And again, that was with the malfunction with Stupid Apple Podcasts on Thursday. But you guys went back and listened to it. Went back and not only listened, but you downloaded these episodes. Downloading is key, so I appreciate that. That's what helps me out. We had a monster week in terms of numbers last week and i can't thank you enough looking forward to another monster week of numbers here in this week got some vfls coming up this week got ward wednesday with josh ward and we'll continue breaking down tennessee football and what we learned we'll talk more about that tomorrow what have we learned from spring practice and this Tennessee football team. All that coming up here on Locked On Falls. Every weekday morning when you get up, wherever you get your podcast. We'll talk again tomorrow for Twitter Tuesday, guys. Until then, have a great rest of your Monday, everybody. Mm-hmm.